the Hall of Justice. You want to say, we've never really announced ourselves before. And you say, what's up, everybody? I'm Chase, and I'll say, I'm Shep. We'll be bringing you a nice Thanksgiving special. Special, special presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. You're a filming, right? Yeah. Hey, everybody. What... <laughs> hey, everybody. What's going on? I'm Chase. What the fuck? Oh shit! Oh no! Oh shit! I'm Shep. I got stuck! What the fuck? Oh man! Uh, what was that like the fourth week now that we've had that intro to the show? I love it, and, man. It's like a little highlight reel for me. I love it really, all the... it, it never gets any less ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> all the spectacular moments were over the past so three years now that we've had. I know. Yeah. In year three, still hard to believe. Um, and, you know, year three has been jam packed with guests so far. And that's not Coming slowing in. down Coming in anytime hot, soon. And today, We've got Garrett Gunter with us from the band Ancient Ways. How you doing, Garrett? Good, man. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Not, not too shabby. Not too shabby. I don't. I so, love the uh, intro, by the way. Oh, oh thank much you. appreciated. <laughs> we try. We we do what we can. Uh, well, first off, from the jump, we'll just throw it up here. This is the Ancient Ways EP in disguise. You can find that over on Spotify or probably wherever else you listen to music, if I had a guess. Yeah. Um, I gave it a, I gave it a listen. I enjoyed it. Um, and it was actually kind of funny because the other day I was like describing uh, your music to somebody. And when I described it, because um, I listened to it like a while back when Bell first told me about you. And I was like, yeah, it's not really my, my type of music. And then when I went back and re-listened to it the other day, um, I found it very amusing because it was like, it sounds so much like the rock music I do listen to that that was yeah. such a, a false statement that I made. Um, <laughs> definitely a lot of shades of uh, System of a Down. I feel like a lot of, uh, I feel like it reminds me of Queens of the Stone Age a little bit. Uh, all bands I really, really enjoy. And uh, I, so needless to say, I really enjoyed this EP. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we love those bands and, uh, you know, Royal Blood, and, uh, Soundgarden and all that good stuff. You know, a lot of influences, a lot of tool. A lot of our new stuff we're recording now is uh, got some tool vibes to it. <clears throat> we're getting a little experimental with things. So it's a blast. Nice. Yeah. And what do you what do you do in the band? I play guitar. Yeah, that's it, man. I play guitar. Like, tell me what to play, and I'll do it. <laughs> Shep, you were gonna say something. Uh, <laughs> we got a longtime listener, uh, first time commenter first here. Time Tyler, yeah. <laughs> uh, love you, Tyler. Uh, much love. No, I was just saying, like that. That is, uh, that's really dope. Um. I've heard you play, you know, you played around here in Villa Grove over the years and whatnot. So I, I've, I've actually got to probably step in and hear you play at one of these bars a time or two over my yeah. time. Uh, and I dig it, man. Yeah, I always dig it. Thanks, man. Especially, especially from being from Villa Grove, of course, you know, we got to give uh, hometown love to each other. So I always give it, a, give it some hype. <laughs> it's the big city, dude. It's where the magic happens. For sure. All the greats coming out of the VG right 
Um, you guys uh, opened for Puddle of Mud recently, right? Yeah, yeah, over the summer we got to do that. Yeah. How was that? It was a blast, man. It was really neat. You know, it's like, uh, it's kind of a beautiful thing when you got like a captive audience, you know? Mm -hmm, It's like, mm -hmm. they're here to see Puddle of Mud, so let's blow them away, you know, type thing. And it's it's cool to meet guys from uh, other bands, and we kind of got to hang around those guys a little bit. And it's just, uh, it's a really cool experience stressful man everything's go 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 you know and that's something um you know when you're playing these little bars and stuff you got all day to set up when you're situation (laughs) like that's like right now (laughs) yeah yeah did you um did you get to have any run-ins with the puddle of mud guys or anything like that yeah yeah we uh we hung around a little bit with the guitar player and the bass player and the drummer and uh the bassist was a super cool dude, man. That's just fun. super laid back. Uh, but yeah, they were all they were all good. And of course, uh, their singer I can't can't remember his name right now. It'll come to me. But dude, he shows up like five minutes before the show, just like walks up on stage and does it. I'm like, <laughs> I probably would too, you know. <laughs> no, that's dope. No, I I only asked that because like. Uh, the, the best that we ever did is like one of my friends, Black Mage, shout out to Black Mage. He's like, come on, you know, I'm uh, opening for Bone Thugs tonight. Let's do this song. Uh, and I'm like, Bone Thugs in Harmony? Like, bet, dude, I am there. And uh, totally opposite. Yeah. Like, Bone Thugs in Harmony, totally. When when all the locals were done performing, they're like, all oh, y'all got to get out of the backstage. Bone Thugs in Harmony is coming in. Everybody get out of here. And it was, you know, one of those sour experiences because it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to do nothing but just give them a little nod be like, hey, go kill it. I was about to say somebody's gunning for us. I I was going to say 3-6 Mafia, but it's Bone Thugs. That's right. We had a whole talk about this at one show. Yeah. 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 It can be a letdown to meet your your heroes, you know. It's like you can meet these guys you expect so much from them because you grew up listening to them and stuff. And you're like, oh. That rubbed me wrong, you know. Yeah, yeah it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I yeah but it's always dope. Like, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's always dope to hear when when people are cool behind the scenes. For sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. I, I was gonna say I had a cousin who uh, she she does like pageants and shit, and she had won one. And I I can't think of the dude's name. The country singer sings International Harvester, I think. Um, and apparently he was kind of a dick um yeah had a bad experience there and so yeah it definitely happens you know some some people are just not what you want them to be and some people you know like earlier this year uh this past year i i got to meet kevin smith and i mean that was one of those moments where like you know meeting a hero and he lives up to the hype like even more so he exceeded expectations i mean he's just such a personable guy so that's always great to see when when people are, are like that for sure Don't everybody all fly yeah. once. You know who the coolest celebrity I ever met was? Who's uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Martin Mole, dude, was the coolest celebrity I ever met. He was on like Roseanne and stuff, you know? Okay. okay. He was the most laid back dude in the world. So cool. Such a random person, too. <laughs> that is definitely. <laughs> What's what was the circumstance? What was yeah. the situation in which you met this guy? Well, uh, my uncle's got um, an advertising agency. We were doing like this Firestone training video thing, and somehow they're like, "Oh yeah, Martin Mull's gonna be on this thing." And I was like a little kid, you know, and he hung around, played guitar with me and stuff. It was really weird, but it was like the coolest celebrity experience. Like he was just the coolest dude ever. It was wild. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what's up, man. I said some of the nicest celebrities I met was uh the insane clown posse. Uh really? I, I met them when yeah, I met them when I was a teenager uh multiple times. I was very into them back in the early two thousands. We've went over this uh plenty of times. Uh <laughs> but yeah, every time it's just like anytime I've met them, they were very, you know, inviting, just acting like they already knew who you were, you know, everything's cool. Sit here for a second, let's bullshit. I actually met Lazy Bone from Bone Thugs way back then, and he was cool then, so I don't know what happened. Uh, huh. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 
I think musician wise, the only person, and I mean, it wasn't a very long, uh, you know, meeting or anything, but um, uh, Kyle Gass of Tenacious D was here in Champaign one year. And uh, apparently one of my friends knew him and had like met him a few times before, but he played some show in uh, downtown Champaign. And I, I had come to the show specifically to see Kyle Gass because, I mean, if it wasn't for Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, I may ne have never uh, wanted to direct movies. Um, and I, I've watched that shit on repeat forever <laughs> when it came out. And I'm standing there like uh, near this little alleyway and a truck pulls up, passenger side door like right next to me, opens up and fucking old Rage Cage hops out the side and he's right there next to me. I'm like... Anybody else seeing this? And so I, you know, I introduced myself, yeah. shook his hand, grabbed a picture, and yeah, he was he's was, he was a pretty nice dude. Very brief met, encounter, but it was pretty I rad. met him that same night. I met him that really? same night in an alleyway, and he was very sweaty. Very that sweaty. must have been after because I saw him before the show, so you must have seen yeah. him after. He's very sweaty. He put uh I think it was on my left arm, he wrote a big KG on my entire yes. arm. I've got a picture. I'll dig it up on Facebook. Cause I've got a picture on my Facebook. I, I believe from that night. Cause we were, I didn't go to the show. I didn't know about the show, but we were up there drunk going from one bar to the next in an alleyway. And someone's like, is that Kyle fucking gas? And we're like, Oh <laughs> shit. It was fun. It's always it's, nice it's to fun. have those, those random bump ins, you know, around here, you don't really get that too much. Um, yeah. My, I went to New York once and it's like, you'd see that every, you go around every corner and it's like, dang, man, it must be crazy living in a city like, you know, New York or LA or sure. something. Yeah. Oh, no, that's how it's it where was you, in Tennessee. you know, you throw a rock and you run into somebody. I mean, it's just, they're all over the fucking place over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. Yeah. So I've definitely seen it from Shep's angle with, with the hip hop thing and uh i mean not just shep but you know several of my friends the struggle that comes with being a hip-hop artist um so i don't know if you can speak to um if there's that same struggle with a rock band or if you think it's a little easier being in a rock band booking shows getting people show up all that stuff Sorry, you were cutting oh, for a second. All right, uh, yeah, it happens. Just as far as like, do I think it's easier to be in uh, like hip hop or rock? Was that kind of the question? Yeah, I guess that's the the just yeah. Um, the general man, question, I, think, I suppose. Probably should have let Shep take that question. <laughs> I wouldn't say if it's easier per se, because you know, obviously, each is going to have their own independent struggles on their own. Yeah, right. Um, I think basically what you're trying to get at is a more broader question: is just like what is that approach um, on the rock end of things? You know, like obviously, um, where we all live right now, like if you're in a rock band or in a country band or you're a folk artist or you're in a cover, you know, whole cover group or whatever plenty of more spaces are open for you to holler at to be like hey you know we'd like to perform here versus a hip-hop artist um so yeah yeah i mean or maybe not like i said we're not you know i'm not in the rock world i haven't been there for years and years now so maybe not you know i think um i think right now in the last however many years country has been so huge right um that that's like a huge <clears throat> that's a hard world to compete with you know because you get some of these bigger country bands that i mean no matter where they go there's 200 people there mm. you know and it's um i think i think as far as the rock scene goes it's um there's a lot to it to stay relevant you know, you really have to like, you really have to find your target audience and like target that audience, you know, because right, it's right. less, it's less just huge. I mean, when you think about a country show, I mean, you're going to see people that are 20 and you're going to see people that are 50, you know, and that can happen at our shows too. But I feel like it's, um, there has to be a lot more focus on like a certain group of people that really appreciate what you're doing and especially as uh like being an original artist mm -hmm. i mean dude it's 
it's hard to, I mean, I'm sure you understand, like, coming out and telling somebody, like, hey, we're going to play an original song. People's first instinct are like, yeah, why? Play something I know. Right. You know? And then, yeah, and yeah. then you really get to gauge your progress, though, when you played that song and people love it. And then you're like, whoa, we're doing something right. You know? But you get a real reaction out of a crowd when you play something that's your own that they don't know, you know? Because you can play a cover that everybody knows and loves and you can play it really bad and everyone's going to love it. But if you play an original, nobody likes, they're not going to like it. You know, it's a whole yeah, different that, thing. No, I vibe with that. That's something that I've always found uh, like really interesting in like the big scope of things is when you look at it, like hip hop versus like rock or country or whatever is, um, you know, you don't see like if you saw me up on stage and I perform four or five original songs and next thing you know, I'm like, listen, uh, you just start hearing Nelly's hot in here, start playing and I'm going to start yeah. doing hot in here. You're like, what the hell is he doing? Like, what the fuck is this? You yeah. just don't see that in yeah, the hip hop sure. world. Like they, they don't do, you know, like if I'm going to cover something, I'm doing more of a remix. I'm, I'm putting my own yeah, words to this I'm covering. Yeah, I'm going to put my own words to this. You might be able to recognize the hook. You might you might hear the melody within the beat going in my verse. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, I think that's uh, another point you made. I think that's a level uh, both sides of the the scope in music can feel is like, you know, in anywhere playing an original song when you're going in there and nobody knows you that is their first instinct yeah. is like oh shit oh you know especially me i've I've went to some places that didn't have hip-hop artists um like oh we're you know we're gonna do an open mic and i went and signed up like here i want to do some hip-hop and they're like oh like uh-oh but to to be able to connect to even if it's one or two you know three four people in that crowd and they start like looking and vibing with you and realizing wait a second like i know that i don't know this but there's something here with this uh, that's, that's a really, really good feeling. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, you know, when I first was starting out, it was like, I used to get really discouraged, you know, if there wasn't a lot of people there or whatever. And I kind of learned it's all about the perception of it. Like if there's, like you said, if there's three people that really love it, you know, I'd rather play to 20 people and have three people really love it than play to a hundred people that don't care about what you're doing, you know? <laughs> Well, because uh, it, it well, it's that sp- it's special that, one. Well, that that spot of music too that a lot of artists and people because you know we all do, um, especially this day and age when the numbers aren't there, the streams aren't there, it didn't hit like we had thought it would. Uh, you get discouraged, but in in that instance, if you had four people in the audience that connect with you enough that they're like, I want to buy a CD, I want to buy his shirt i want to buy whatever this person puts out because i really like this person versus a hundred people that are just drunk having a great time they're there to be there it's it's totally different you know like you're gonna get as an artist you know like i could have ten thousand streams but if those ten thousand streams out of out of that only four people follow me you know like what kind of kickback is that where if i had a song come out that had 200 streams but out of 200 streams 75 people followed me well, now I've got 75 people that are going to be here for my yeah. next album rather than three. For sure. Bill says small crowds really are a vibe. It's intimate and you can't top performances like that. It's, there's definitely some truth there for sure. I, I feel I, like I think... some of the best shows I've ever been to are in small venues where they have that yeah. intimate feel. I can even say um, like as a big movie guy. There was one time I went and saw a movie in a theater that was like a little black box theater that had maybe, maybe 20 seats in this whole theater. And even that experience was just so intimate. And you're just like face to face with this, this art in a packed place. Like, yeah, it it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that, for sure. You know, I mean, I went to a show one time, one of the coolest shows I was ever at was like a basement show where there's just like 30 people there and the guy's trying out like new stuff and whatever. And that's, yeah. that's cool, man. You know, you really, you really feel part of it. Oh, for sure. Okay. Go like um, did a tour um, several years back where they were just getting ready to release their album, hungry ghosts. 
And before the album released, they did a uh, tour of smaller venues and they came to the Canopy Club here in town. And um, then afterwards, they did more of like a stadium tour after they dropped the album. And exactly what you're saying, like they, I feel like they had a little more fun with it. It, it was more intimate. They kind of experimented a little more, made people more involved with the show. Um, it was a, mm -hmm. a magical experience. And what you guys were talking about earlier, you know, I can't speak to it as a performer. But having been so involved with uh, the music scene, um, like, you know, there have been times where I've been filming gigs for Shep or whoever, and um, seeing that difference of like, you know, when the crowd is just feeling it, like even for me, I'm not even up on stage, but it makes me proud. Like after shows like that, I'm just as amped as the guys who are on stage because I'm just, I'm so proud of everybody for the way they they got the crowd just into it and you can tell that they were they were vibing with the the music and and i'm sure this goes for rock as well i know um we shot a, a rock show a few years ago with uh dustin danger and uh, yeah. people with rebel sphere collective and um uh that was another one where it's just like you know they had some people who like you know not a lot of people were up near the stage you know didn't really care but then when you'd and Dustin got up there and, and the villains did their thing and everybody was just, you know, feeling it, getting into it. I mean, it's magical. It's, it's definitely a, a fantastic feeling. Yeah. Dustin's got a thing about him anyway, man. He's like, he a really magnet. like he's, yeah, he's super talented, you know? but he's, yeah, he's a blast. Go see. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He's uh, one. Yeah. It's he, really, he, those are the shows I can't, I can't sleep after, you know, when you get everybody all amped up. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I got laggy for a second. Just no, you, just when you get everybody all amped up, man, I go home and like adrenaline, you know, it's like can't sleep. Definitely. Yeah. I've had those just as an audience member before where, you know, some concerts it's like, man, I can't wait to go home and go to bed when it's over. But other concerts, it's like, they just leave you wanting more. Like you're just yeah. riding that feeling. I know I had that when uh, yeah. Kid Cudi played at the assembly hall many, many years ago. Um, the way he closed out the show, just, oh, yeah. it just left you wanting more. It just left you on such a high that like every, everybody who left that show, was just still on that high. I mean, we were driving past people who had their radios cranked up, just jamming anything. It didn't have to be Kid Cudi. They just wanted to keep partying. Like, it was just such a good time. Yeah. Yeah, music, yep. it's a magic. Yeah, and it's special. Yeah, yeah. And it's special people that can do that, you know? I mean, it was the same way. I saw Blink-182, like, a few years back. And it was with the new singer and everything. But, dude, it was excellent. You know, it was the same thing. Well, it was a bunch of, like, grown-up angsty teenagers, like, you know, people from 25 right. to 40, like, wearing vans and stuff, you know, just, like, and it was it was the same way. I did not want it to end, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's special. Yeah. Sometimes special. it's all about that energy that, you know, the performers bring to the stage, too, because, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter how much you love the artist, because uh, last year, uh, Shep and I and a couple of our buddies, we went and saw Wu-Tang Clan. And I love Wu-Tang and I have to say, you know, they phoned it in a little bit. I mean, they, they definitely just kind of showed up and played the hits and it was kind of disappointing. And like mm -hmm. the fact that the highlight of that show was that Buster Rhymes showed up out of nowhere and he yeah. brought the energy. I mean, he was there to put on a goddamn show and he yeah. did. And that's what we remembered. And that was the one part of the show where we were all like, <gasps> you know, like we were into it because of his. And we're like, Buster, Buster, Buster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and, that's, and that's another huge thing uh, people don't realize is like whether they realize it or not, they know. Um, but they can feel the band's energy when you're out there like if you're having a bad day or you're grouchy or whatever when you get out there you got to leave it behind because yeah. it ruins the show man i mean when you see stuff like that like you were talking about with wu-tang playing like they just showed up and like just went through the motions mm -hmm. you feel it you know you know they're not having fun neither are you yeah you know it's super important to like get jacked up for a show man yeah, I had the same experience with Rob Zombie as well. Love Rob Zombie and, you know, was really looking forward to his show. And he just kind of phoned it in that day. I mean, it was like when he was touring with his haunted houses, 
And yeah. it, I mean, there were no pyrotechnics or nothing. I mean, he just came out, played the hits, did his thing. He's like, go fuck off to the haunted houses, you know, like, so oh, it, no. it, it, that makes it sense. happens. They do that. Uh, so when was the, uh, yeah. Yeah. When was the first yeah, time? I think, you know, the other thing people forget about, especially huge names like that is like, dude, that that's their whole life all the time. They never yeah, get right. a break from it. Right. You right. Know? So it's like, feel a little sympathy sometimes for those guys when, cause it, it turns into work, you know, it's yeah, fun, you, but sometimes you have to make it fun cause it's not always easy. You know, especially those guys that are on the road all the time, and mm-hmm. it's a crazy life. Yeah, it's it's very true. I think that goes for really any sort of art. I mean, we've we've felt that you know on on our sets before when we're doing film projects. I mean, uh, the energy that people can bring on the sets, and it's not always fun. I mean, sometimes it's just miserable as fuck. But you got to leave that behind, and yeah. you have to make it fun and, and remind yourself why you're there. But yeah. Yeah. Why I'm glad I've never blown up with like a one hit yep. wonder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's something we get to do. Right. Shep, what were you saying yeah. earlier? I, I was just going to ask um, when was the first time you ever performed live? Like, when did, when was that? Well, I haven't. It's been, a, it's been a while since we had. I said, um, "When was the first time you ever performed live?" Oh, um, I don't know. I guess probably when I really started playing out a little bit was like I was probably like a senior in high school, something like that. I'd done like a couple of weddings and stuff like that before, you know, mm-hmm. but. I remember, like, as a senior, I don't know if you uh, guys remember Upshot or Mankin Sass, like Sarah Hall and Jared Manker and those guys. Um, but she used to, they were the house band at Bentley's. And she, I kind of got to know her, and she'd hit me up and be like, hey, you can come up here and play. Just, like, don't be a dumbass. You know, I was, like, 18. She's like, come up here and jam with us, you know. But, like, cool, dude. <laughs> but I, I had a lot of fun with them you know and that's where i i think that's where i really fell in love with it i'm like i can do this and i can get paid sometimes (laughs) right yeah (laughs) it's always nice it's always nice to get paid yeah yeah yeah. sometimes on the on the on this level of of artistic you know stuff but you know when you when you do get paid i feel like you know I, I get excited now for like 20 bucks, you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll do something oh, yeah. for like, we, we've done stuff for our friends uh, just doing like voiceover work or camera work or whatever. And they're like, here's 20, 40 bucks. I'm like, really? Like, really? You're going to pay yeah. me for this? Like, wow. You know? And I, I, we've talked all the time about how, you know, we want to remember these moments where we're excited about 20 bucks. We're excited about like, you know, three people watching our show live. Like right now, we got seven people watching at this very moment. That's exciting for us. Like yeah. it's been pretty consistent this whole time. <laughs> when usually it fluctuates, you know, like you know, three, four people. Um, and it, it, having this time and being excited about that, you know, when in the future, like if we keep going and if we get bigger, you know, uh, the numbers. It, this is going to become a little less exciting. Twenty bucks isn't going to be as exciting, but it's still it's a lot of fun. Well, and I think it kind of separates this stage, you know, the stage I'm kind of at, the stage you guys are at. Like, it kind of separates the men from the boys, you know, because it's like people give up at this stage. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what's important not to do. People that can, that work through it and say, oh, yeah, I'm pumped about 20 bucks and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Those are the people that end up going further, you know. Yeah, you got to love it. Yeah, we've talked about that. You're not happy about twenty bucks, for sure. Yeah, we've we've talked a few times on the show about. um, I think when we shot summer camp was like, especially for me, it was my eye opener of like, okay, you've always talked about making movies, and like this is like the most you're doing it. So, uh, oh, four of us are watching from JRs and VG. Hey, love ancient ways. Love to hear. (laughs) Love to hear it. Um, 
but yeah, when we shot summer camp, I mean, that was the first time for me that I had to kind of like face my dreams a little bit. And it's like, okay, well, this is what you wanted to do your whole life. And this is the reality of what this is going to be like. This is the work that's going to go into the fantasy that you've been chasing after. And you're absolutely right. I mean, that's when a lot of people, uh, I think the other few shows ago, we were talking about like people hit certain levels where they're like, I'm out. I don't want to do that. You know, like I'm, I don't want to put in that much work. And, and so when people say, oh, well, that's an, uh, a saturated market, there's just so many people who want to do that. Not everybody makes it because everybody, you know, hits those different levels and is like, yeah, it's not for me. I, this is too much. I can't handle this. And so summer camp was the first time I really had to be like, is this really what I want to do? <laughs> like, because this is stressful. Yeah. It's not fun all the time. Um, but ultimately, I, at the end of the day, I was like, I wouldn't want to do anything else. I mean, this is just what I've dreamed of my whole life. And I, I knew kind of what went into it, but once that reality was there and we got through it and we had our end result, we were like, hell yeah, let's keep doing it. And we've only gotten better with every single thing that we've done. Oh yeah. yeah. And when you see that finished product too, man, it's like that is, you know, it's why we do it. You know, it's like when we did the EP and stuff, like we worked our asses off in the studio you know, when it's done, we heard it the first time. It's like, whoa, this is what, you know, this is why we're doing this. And it's uh, it's an amazing feeling. Oh, yeah. It's a great feeling. Um, Shep, do you have anything more to add on, on music before we, I pivot <clears throat> the conversation? Do you, um, do you, uh, do you just write like your guitar parts? Do you come up with any songs or anything like that? Or like, what's your guys's like creative process there? Uh, my singer is like, uh, he's like a genius and he's, you know, he's classically trained pianist. He writes good lyrics. So he like a lot of times he'll come to the studio with, you know, he'll have this skeleton of a song. It'll be maybe like a, a riff. It might be a whole song that he's come up with or whatever. And then we kind of, uh, you know, just take his idea and throw it in a blender, you know. So he's like really, he really comes up with the main gist of all the stuff we're doing. And then he kind of brings it to us and we, you know, tinker around with it. And this will sound cool here. That will sound whatever, you know. So, yeah, I get, I give him most of the credit for writing all this stuff. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's oh, what's yeah. up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess to transition a little bit, because I know here on the show we've kind of talked before about um, how, how we have dealt with mental health stuff through that art. Um, and so, um, you know, you, you said when we were talking before the show that you've kind of dealt with some stuff uh, yourself and, you know, with mental health. Um, and so, you know, how much uh, of doing music kind of helps you with that? I think um, it's probably the main reason I got into it in the first place. You know, if I really had to really consider, you know, um, why I really picked up music was it was kind of, uh, it's, it's a coping mechanism, you know, it was something to feel, uh, you know, kind of get out of myself a little bit. And um, the creative process really helps me work through things, you know, and it's a way to kind of, uh, I'm sure you guys understand, kind of like be in your own little world for a while, kind of forget about everything on the outside, you know, and it's a great way to express uh, whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, you know, you write it down, you play it. And especially when people like it, you know, it's like, um, really makes you feel uh you know just better about what you're going through and i think i think another part of it for me too is the community because uh for whatever reason i think i think that artistic people are can be wired to have some of these problems i don't know what it is mm -hmm. it seems like it's a pretty common thing that artistic people also deal with a lot of this i don't know if it's yeah. you know i think it's just how we're wired or something and uh, just to meet a group of people that are all into the same thing and a lot of them go through the same stuff, you know, it's kind of empowering to uh, just all of it as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I think I had a different 
question before, but um, I forgot it. Um, but uh, I know you've you've kind of had a little bit of a sobriety journey. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that, and then I, I I have a question, a follow up question, but tell us a little bit about your journey. Oh, yeah, I uh, just I think I missed a part of that. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. It's been it's been a while since we've had a guest that we're like, hello, hello. News oh, I know. Guy. I'm. So, it's probably me too, guys. It uh, could be me too. I, I my Wi-Fi thing keeps flashing at me. Shep has this problem all the time. It's all good. It's all. Thanks, good. Frontier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no um, just yeah, just tell us a little bit about our uh, your like journey with sobriety. I guess. Oh yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was. Um, it just felt like I something that I uh, I needed to do. Like it, it got to a point for me that I didn't really feel like it was a choice anymore. Um, you know, I kind of look at it as like, you know, if if you're diabetic, you shouldn't eat a whole bunch of sugar all the time. You know, mm-hmm. and for me, it's like if you're like me, you shouldn't be drinking. You know, it just doesn't. It's and it's always it's always for me as you know growing up it's like uh, I've always been like an escapist you know it's like I want to get out of my head so I'm gonna do this you know to get get right. a, hide from this stuff you know and I think you know in my opinion um, like I don't really look at alcohol and drugs and stuff as like inherently evil. You know, if uh, from my point of view, like if if you can go out and have some drinks and have a good time, like more power to you, you know, but I just I just can't do that, you know. Right. And uh, and yeah, and it was getting in the way of of music and and everything I enjoyed. You know, it started to become my life was revolved around it. And it was kind of one of those things like, hey this is where all my problems are coming from, you know? Right. I, I vibe with that, man. I, I dealt that, um, a f- you know, a few times throughout life, especially within uh, doing the hip hop music, you know, drugs, alcohol, that's what everybody wants to rap about, make songs about. So, you know, when the boys would come through to record some music, we'll have to have a fifth of whiskey to drink. And then, you know, that's fine for a while, but the next thing you know, that just turns into just drinking the fifth of whiskey and then freestyling. And then that turns into just drinking the whiskey. So you definitely have to, you know, pull yourself back to reality and and ground yourself on, you know, where you want to be and where you want to go in life. And, you know, it's been the same. Like I, I didn't have no problems personally with alcohol, but I just drifted away from it after a while. It just became like, why even like I don't even care to drink it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Bill just threw in this question. I was about to ask you this, but uh, along the lines of what Chef said, does being in the music scene ever make it harder at all, as far as playing a lot of bars and the vibes around you? I think um, at first it was scary, you know, because um, I because I actually went to treatment, and did all that stuff, you know, and it was like that was a huge fear of mine when I was there was, am I ever going to be able to go play music again? You know, and there was even certain music that I like to listen to that. I just, I couldn't listen to for a while. You know, it just, uh, it brought back all that stuff for me. And, um, so when I, when I got back, like I was gone for almost two months and when I got back and kind of like got back in the groove of things, like I did, I did have to take a little break from it all. You know, because it was, uh, yeah, it was hard, but, but now it's even more rewarding than it was before. Cause like there was, I mean, I've played a lot of shows that I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> you know, and now, and who knows how I played or what I said or whatever else, you know, and now it's like, dude, I have, I have, uh, organic confidence you know like i've i've learned learned tools and um just ways of thinking about myself and other people and what i'm doing and um it's really taught me to just be 
be present, like really be there. And it's an amazing feeling to like really be in the moment playing music with your friends and just connecting with the crowd and stuff. Like it's wild, dude. It's way, it's way better than it used to be, you know, and it's a lot more rewarding too. Oh yeah. And I play a lot better. Yeah, and I, I vibe I, with what you're saying about um, it being like scary at first and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just such a, you know, it's such a normalized thing that, you know, like even me, you know, I'd go up because I never lived in town and I've always, you know, been one that's like, I'm not trying to get, you know, shit faced hammered and drive. So when I'm driving up to Champagne to play a show, I'd always be like, well, I got to drive home so I can't really drink. And, you know, it's just one of those things like you walk in the door, some other, you know, artist band, whatever's there. They see you. Hey, come over here. We need a round of shots. It's like, no, no. You know, it's like that anxiety that creeps up to be like, I'm going to get looked at. Everybody's going to be like, you're weird. You're not cool. Uh, But then once you go into that space and you're like, nah, man, I'm not trying to drink tonight. I got to focus on my performance and then I'm driving home later. And then then they're like, yeah, that's cool, man. That's what's up. And then you realize like, oh, shit, you know, thank, you know, goodness. We're up here now in 2023 where you can be on stage and be like nine, you know, decline a shot from an audience member. Like, nah, I ain't trying to take a drink of something that you're giving me. And everybody's like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is weird. Like uh, I was at a bar one time. Uh, it doesn't matter where it was or anything, but like this dude kind of started making fun of me because I went up to the bar and just ordered like a Sprite or a, or a water. Oh, Hey, what's up, Carla? <laughs> the JR's fam. I love those people. But, uh, but, you know, I just walked up to the bar and ordered like a Sprite or a water or whatever, you know, and this guy was like kind of making fun of me. And I'm like, whatever, dude, you know, but I learned, uh, my line that I always use. I just say, I've had enough, you know, it's true. (laughs) That's, I always just say that, you know, and people are like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and it could mean whatever it means to them. It doesn't matter. I know what it means to me. And it works out pretty well. So I just, I always pull that line. I've had enough. I'm sure. good. I've always had that. Yeah. I, I've never been a, a drinker. And so that's always kind of been a thing for me is like hanging out with people and, and they just want to push sometimes. And I'm just like, I, I don't want to. It ain't for me. And, you know, you get those people who try to, oh, you pussy, this, that, the other. You know, they try to, you know, say this, that, the other. And it's like, Bro, I don't care. You know, do yeah. whatever you want, but I don't care. You're not going to affect me any sort of way by calling me whatever you want. Like, I don't, I don't drink. That's that's all there is to it. Um, well, you know, you know what's weird about that is like, I found out that I was the pusher in the band. <laughs> so, like, you know, after we start playing out again and stuff, I'm like, so you guys like don't drink a bottle of whiskey every show? <laughs> it's me, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I, I did want to say, um, I like mad props to you, man. Like I commend okay. you for, for like knowing yourself. Like, I think that is such a big step for I- anybody who deals with anything is just, is being able to, to know yourself, know your limits. And clearly just in this talk with you, I mean, I, I, I see that in you, you've brought it up kind of time and time again, where you're like, Hey, I, I noticed that, you know, I'm like this and I needed to do this and these are my limits. And and that's amazing. It really is. So, you know, mad props to you for that. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's taken a lot of getting to know myself too, you know, yeah. and a lot of being uncomfortable, you know, it's uh that was a hard, cause my whole life I've always wanted to be comfortable. That's what the drinking and the drugs were all about in the first place. Yeah. Trying to make myself comfortable. Then you take them away. I always call it a blackout button. I don't have the blackout button anymore. Mm-hmm. So now I have to figure out how to deal with this stuff, you know, on my own or with my support group or however I need to deal with this stuff. You have to learn to do that stuff without, yeah. you know, pouring chemicals down your face, you know, and it's hard. It's a hard thing to figure out. Yeah, I have I have a, uh, a buddy, very, very close friend of mine who's who's struggled with this kind of stuff. And still does kind of struggle with it a little bit, um, and and yeah, you know, just being so close to it, I've I've you know really gotten to see how difficult it can be, and you know, people do like to immediately jump to that like, 
you know, judgment of, oh, well, you're just an alcoholic or you're just, you know, this or that, um, where, you know, I always tell people, uh, I just had a conversation with somebody the other day who was kind of being judgmental on the subject. And I was like, they, their, their problem isn't the alcohol. They have problems and alcohol is the symptom. I mean, that is what they're using to take care of all these other problems that they're not getting help with. And, and then to have that judgment poured on top of them, it's not making it any easier for them to deal with what they need to deal with so that they can bring that to an end. And it's hard to watch because like you said, you got to learn to be uncomfortable and, and get to know yourself. And that can be very difficult no matter what you deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I say all the time that, um, the alcohol, the drugs, like whatever it is. And again, like I said, it's not, it's not about, you know, people having fun and stuff. It's people that are, you know, like me dealing with my problem. Like I always said, I was like a dog chasing my tail, man. I always said, like, I'm trying to fix the problems I'm creating with alcohol, with alcohol. Right. Mm -hmm. And it turns into this vicious cycle. And, uh, and you're totally right. It's just, it's a symptom, you know, that wasn't my main issue. I had to deal with my main issues after I got rid of the alcohol, you know, and that's the hard part. And that's, that's why people struggle, you know, trying to get sober. Cause then you have to deal with all that stuff that comes up that you've never had to deal with before. You know, it's all this years old stuff bubbling up when you take it away, you gotta learn to deal with it, you know? Yeah. It's a wild experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, my life's a blast now. But yeah, it's hard, dude. Definitely. That's good to hear. That's good to hear, though, that you're in a good spot now. Like I said, love to hear it. Like you know, glad that you you learned all that. Hard and yeah, scary. Sometimes thanks, you're like, damn, do I even like me sober? That's true. And like what you guys yeah. were saying earlier, you know, like um, you know, for me, I know that like. I I've had a weird relationship with like weed or like, I I'm always the guy who's like, I go back and forth. Like I'm constantly devil's advocate uh, with it where, you know, like I see the pros, but I also see the cons and a lot of pot smokers don't like to hear the cons. They're just like, no, this is God's good green herb. There's nothing wrong with it ever. It's like, "Eh, sometimes there is, you know, like sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Um, And I've, I've had that, thought process like what he was saying earlier about showing up to the studio with whiskey like i've i've had that problem you know he and i both have had that problem with you know going to the studio and everybody's like yeah let's you know we're gonna smoke up and then next thing you know no work is getting done everybody's just smoking weed and fucking yeah. around and and nothing is getting done um you know i've had to i sometimes i've had that worry of like well, i don't know will i be as creative you know, if I stop smoking weed, but it's like, I feel like when I'm at my most creative, it's when I'm sober um, because I'm in an uncomfortable position. It makes me look at, you know, I'm, I'm a writer. So I, I feel like it's actually kind of killed off some of that creativity when I'm not in the shit, you know, and it forces yeah. me to look at these things and, and, and come at them from a creative angle and, and kind of, you know, especially when I'm I'm writing like dialogue or characters and stuff like that. Like before, I had such a grasp on it because I didn't smoke weed or anything, and uh, you know, I was able to look at these human struggles and put them down on paper a lot easier because I was struggling and I was dealing with it rather than just numbing it with with marijuana. Um, and then you also have that thing of like, you know, hey, am I less cool now? You know, like this is yeah. what everybody else does. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do when I hang out with my friends? Um, and you know, recently for me, like I've had to quit smoking, like just period, like, um, I'm, I'm probably fine to take edibles and stuff, but, uh, smoking's just really fucked with my health and it sucks yeah. because, you know, everybody around me still smokes weed and like, I feel a little left out, but I'm just kind of getting to a point now where anytime I have like slipped up and I smoke, I'm immediately like, and this is why you stopped like this, this right here is exactly why you stop. Cause now you feel like shit, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's hard to keep doing that to yourself, but I, I'm at least grateful that I'm the kind of person that does learn those lessons and I'm not just going to keep doing this to myself. And I think there's an element of feeling a little fake too, because you know, Shep and I still do so much stoner comedy 
and like here i am like because last year we were filming our 420 special and i had just quit smoking weed while we were filming it and so it was kind of weird to be like doing both at the same time but like i still like you said i don't think it's inherently evil or anything like that um i have nothing against it i still love the the culture of, of stoners and and whatnot so there's still a respect and love there but i don't, I don't the dude one of the dudes in half baked didn't smoke weed uh, yeah. so i think i think you're fine i think thanks. you're fine there thanks yeah. <laughs> I can sleep better tonight. But something you were talking about earlier that I did want to touch on that I do think was one of the things that like um where you were talking about like everybody like in, in my music world, yeah, you show up to the studio, everybody's oh, I gotta get stoned first, we gotta smoke, we gotta, you know, do this and that. Um but I've always told people, you know, because I've done it now for 20 years, and I told people, man, you know, what's setting aside these other people from you guys is they're coming in and they've gotten to themselves to a level of brand from themselves that they're coming in and treating this as work. They're coming in here and, you know, they're putting in hours in their craft. Uh, They're not having any substances, you know, you know, water, food and stuff like that. But, you know, they're really focusing in on that. They're saving that shit for, you know, when they're done, they go home at the end of the night, you can go do whatever you feel like doing. Um, but I never wanted, I, I always didn't like that for myself. I always felt like if I had to be in some sort of state, uh, whether drunk or stoned, in order to record vocals uh, for a song, it's like, is that authentically me, though? Like, yeah, I didn't even like it. So, yeah, you, know, that's, that's, you, you never know. No, that's a, yeah, that's a really interesting point because, like, when we were recording the EP, uh i was still drinking at that time and like through the through the whole process i was like i wasn't getting drunk i was like maintenance drinking you know to get through these sessions and stuff and now going back to the studio working on this stuff we're doing now it's like it's a whole different world dude i mean i'm doing in two takes what was taking me eight you know and like i feel like even listening back to some of my playing and some of the ideas and stuff like that it does it feels like me now you know not that i'm not proud of the ep like i i love that stuff and i'm proud of it but it's so much easier and more focused and just um yeah it's incredible man it's a whole different it's a whole different thing you know <laughs> and i don't have a problem with people that like you know we're recording or whatever and you smoke you want to smoke a little bit or you want to have a drink like i do your thing man that's fine it just doesn't work for me you know yeah that, exactly yeah. yeah that was one of those hard lessons while we were on set that like you know sometimes you know when when you're making movies it's it's a lot of fun and so sometimes it's like yeah we'll get a little stone beforehand chip and i'll smoke before a scene or something and and um that's i i feel like fine uh, more so when you're an actor and just an actor, but when you're somebody like me who's like directing and producing and acting and doing fucking everything all at once, you got to be a little sharper. You got to be a little bit more on your toes, especially when you're wrangling like so many, so many people and uh, having to do so many things. Um, I, I learned that the hard way for sure because we had some some rough days on set where I'm just like, fuck, I should not have have smoked before this because now I'm just like yeah. not giving my all to this but yeah um yeah well i didn't realize how not on my toes i was till i was on my toes you know yeah yeah like yeah yeah but that's what it's about man every uh, every project i work on i just aim to improve the last project i had done so yeah yeah for sure yeah that's the beauty of it it never stops you just keep going you know it's never done you're never done yeah yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we got to hit these uh, one time for the month. Somebody angry? Well, angry react. My goodness. Someone's in their feels. Okay. We're sorry. <laughs> hey, you know. So we're trying yeah, to do I mean... better. We're trying to be better. Um, well, I guess we're, we're coming to the end. So I guess it's uh, time for our closing thoughts. One time for the mind. So, oh, hold on. Garrett, what's the hat you have on? Great interview. I was gonna say, yeah, that hat is majestic looking. That is true. I was giving that a little, little look earlier. 
Yeah, it's my tiger, man. I'm a big, I'm a big tiger fan. I don't know. I just love tigers. I even got the tiger Zippo. Oh, okay. Word, word, word. Just yeah. Tigers, man. They're powerful animals. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. You hit that one up there, Chase. Oh. There. Uh, There's a good yeah, one. Rory, Rory Gunter wants to know, please ask him where he got his devilish good looks. <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it was, must have been from him, I guess. That's what he wants me to say. I I know I got my nose and my belly from him. He'll love oh, that. Man. Well, now now he's got now he's got it on record. He can go back here and clip that out and always yeah. throw that in your face. And, and yeah, right. you got it from me. Yeah. Uh, so one one time for the mind. What are the what are, what are our closing thoughts here? For me, I think uh, you know a do what you love. And keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And never give up. And B, um, if you need help with something, ask somebody that can help you. You know, you can't can't get help if nobody needs you. If nobody knows you need help, you know, that's uh, something I always preach, man. Reach out. If you got to reach out to me or whatever, you know, just reach out. Somebody's going to be there to help you. I promise, you know. That's my big thing. I vibe with that, man. The DMs are always open. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess I'll, I'll you got go. one, Chase? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, uh, I had one. You threw me off. So threw threw off my groove. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck it, Shep. You go because uh, you threw me off big time. So I gotta, I gotta. Regroup over here. One time for your mind. Um, I got recording. it. Know yourself. Know yourself. Get you know. Really get take the time to be uncomfortable and and get to know yourself better because it goes a really long way. Um, I know. You know. For me, uh, we you know we've we've dealt with different things, but that was my approach as well when uh, I was really dealing with mental health issues and and my seizures that I have and stuff. Um, I really had to get into that uncomfortable place and just start getting to know myself better and um also just you know there's kind of a a different note to go back to the first half of the show um just go for it there's always going to be an audience like garrett said even if it's those three and 20 people that love your stuff uh you know garrett you said before the show you you complimented us on uh you know having these talks uh on mondays and stuff and um i you know it's the same thing with the music like whenever we hear things like that like that that, those are the comments that are like you know what fuck yeah we're gonna keep going then we're gonna keep doing this because you know just even if we hear it from one or two people you know that they're like hey we love that you do this um it means the world to us and and it makes us feel like we are getting across to somebody so keep going for sure. Well, I can see how you lost that train of thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, all right. So one time for the mind. All right, here we go. So according to the iPhone, um, the year one started January 1st was on a Saturday, right? <laughs> so that means that we intended for life to be a party. And that means, you know, go out and enjoy yourself. Um, there's there's so much cool shit you know like you know garrett you guys got an awesome band i'm hyped to hear your next album um you know whatever that means just don't overdo it and if you do find yourself in a bad spot like you know there like these guys have said there's seven billion of us on this planet reach out to somebody there's definitely somebody out there that gives a shit i promise you this like in my depths and darkest of moments i've had people from you know, who knows where, I mean, I got hype over some dude comment on my video. I'm your biggest fan in Iran. It's like, well, hell yeah, dude. Like I didn't know I was getting spun over there. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so life can always get a little bit more Gucci. If you need to reach out, please do. So these days you're going to find plenty of support all around. Just one time. Facts. For your mind. Facts. Don't, yeah. don't be scared to, to talk about it. One one more time for the mind. That's an extra one. one That's for you time. guys. Right. That's right. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one and also one more time for the people. 
Ancient Ways in Disguise EP. You can find Spotify or wherever else you like to listen to music, Apple Music, the other places. It's yep. all it's there. It's there if yep. you want to listen to it. So go and check it out. It's good stuff. Garrett, thank you so much for uh oh, yeah. thank joining you, us. And Shep, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Cell phone. Hey man, that was my nap alarm from yesterday. <laughs> Glad you're up. <laughs> Garrett, good on you, man. Thanks for joining us. It's been a great talk. Thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we got what last minute comment. Bravo for the three men advocating to speak your mind. It's okay. Great job. Loved it. Thank you for tuning in, all of you guys. We appreciate it. Until yep. uh, next Monday, we have the lovely uh, another musician joining us next week, Alex Duquette, and we have a special set uh, of his dropping later this week as well. So, with that, peace, smooches, and deuces. <laughs> Wait.